This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Basically. Joining me today in studio is Clara O'Keefe, executive and life coach. Welcome to the studio, Clara. Thanks, Stephanie. Um, I was speaking on Instagram recently about, um, I can't even remember what it was, but I got loads of questions about coaching, life coaching, executive coaching, career coaching. What's the difference? And how do you know when you need a life coach? What are the results you can get? And how different is it from a therapist? Okay, so there's a lot in that, right? Yeah. Um, I suppose coaching is one of those things, firstly, that, you know, it's a word that people use a lot. It's kind of, and can be stuck on lots of things and we call it coaching. So there's loads of different types of coaching. You know, we think of coaching in terms of sports even and, mm-hmm. and you know, high performance coaching in that sense. And they all probably fall back to the same principles, you know, which is really moving people forward in a positive way or getting results, right? Um I suppose the differences between career coaching, executive coaching and life coaching is really the person who's coming to the coaching. So some coaches will specialise, so they might have a preference for one area or another, Mm -hmm. or they might have an added level of expertise in a certain certain area with the coaching. But really as a coach, all you need to be is an expert in coaching. Okay. So I could coach somebody who's a top sales executive in a large multinational company. But I could also coach someone who maybe wants to sail around the world, right? I know nothing about sailing Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not going to give them advice on sailing. But what we do is we ask questions and help people to look at things maybe from a different perspective. Uh, It could be getting into the right mindset, getting over some self-limiting beliefs and, and that sort of thing. So oftentimes people come with a whole range of agendas or goals but the skills or techniques that that I would use as a coach are often the same or you keep coming back to the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might start out and say, here's what I want coaching for, but actually we may end up looking at something else. And do you, because everybody has agendas or goals, things that they would like to achieve. I have found in my life that some of the things I want to achieve, they're not in my gift. Like I don't have the agency. I need somebody else to say yes to me. I need somebody okay. else to approve of what I want in order to get it. I can't just, like sailing around the world, you get the boat, you learn how to sail, you get the yeah. ma- the navigate and you go. But if you need somebody else to commission you to sail around the world, then mm-hmm. you f- you're at the end of somebody else's yes. Okay, but it, it's like, okay, so if you're looking at the, the that that as a goal, right, it, like through coaching, you'd be looking at, okay, what resources are available to you? What, like if you're saying that's a roadblock for you, right, I need someone to sponsor me to sail around the world. It's okay, who do you know already in that space? Or who could you reach out to that could maybe connect you with somebody mm-hmm. in that space? Or what have you done previously where you needed the support or backing of of an outside party and how did you go about that? Were you successful? What did you do in that instance? So you kind of look back a little bit for success references to help you move forward. There's very little as humans that we can do solely on our own. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always some element of we may need support or it may be, you know, people who have kids may need someone to mind their child while they go and do this thing or or follow this path. So. You know, there's always, we always need support no matter what it is. So it's about looking at how do we do that? Who's going to support you? Who's best to support you? 
um, and and seeking those those people out. I guess it's so. Is it not always about? Because sometimes when I hear things like self limiting beliefs and mm. looking at those things, like I I find it hard to believe that my self limiting beliefs are the thing that has been preventing me from getting X, Y, and Z. You know. Like, is it a lot of inward looking stuff? And if yeah. it is, then how is it different to therapy? Yeah, so it is a lot of inward stuff because you kind of have to start with the self, right? Okay. And if you, I suppose, if you don't believe you can do something, mm-hmm. you're going to struggle to do it, right? Yes. Or convince uh, someone else. That or you convince can. someone else, yeah. So if you do need someone to back you, if you're kind of going, well, I think I might be able to do this, but I, you know, if, if you're not 100% sure in backing yourself, that's going to get in your way. Mm-hmm. Um, and the self-limiting beliefs piece, I think sometimes people think like, oh, that's a load of fluff or it's a load of rubbish or mm-hmm. whatever. It's the stuff, we all do it, right? We say things to ourselves and it can be the tiniest thing to, you catch a glimpse of yourself in the mirror in a in a lift or an elevator and you start giving out to yourself about either the way you did your hair or what you're wearing or how you look or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. That's negative self-talk. But the self-limiting beliefs are probably the ones that are a little bit more strong in us that you could be carrying around for years. So, and the thing with them is that they're not true of us, Right. If they're true, it's an area for development or an opportunity, right? And that's fine. You go and action that or or get support to, to action that. But the self-limiting belief. So, for example, right, I would often support people, you know, preparing for an interview, for example. And they'll say, oh, I'm no good at interviews. Like, I always get really nervous and my mind goes blank. And usually I my first question is, are you in a job right now? Yes. OK. How did you get that job? And then they kind of start smirking at me and they're like, oh, I see where she's going with this. Okay, I, I did, did an, an interview. interview. Okay, so we actually have evidence to support the fact that you can successfully pass an interview and potentially manage your nerves well or whatever it might be. So it's about tackling the stuff that isn't true and getting rid of it because it's not supporting you. It's not moving you forward. Mm-hmm. And so, what about what, what about the person who says, yes, I'm in a job now. My uncle got it for me. Um, I, I actually have done several interviews and I've never been successful because my mind does go blank or I can't, you know, I can't focus on what they're saying. Like, what about when the limiting beliefs are actually based in fact? Can those be tackled then? Yeah. So, but then it's not a it's not a self limiting belief. It's a it's an area it's for development. Okay. It's, it's an opportunity. So at that point, with that individual, you might be looking at okay, what might support you to be able to go into an interview setting now and be set up for success? Mm-hmm. What would that look like? How would you know? Have you ever felt confident going into any type of scenario, maybe one on one or one on two or three, previously? what did that look like and what did that feel like? So you're trying to, and it may be in that instance, they might say, do you know what, actually, I need to seek out somebody who can help me to prepare. And then they would go. Okay, so you wouldn't do the interview prep then? Not as a coach, I wouldn't. No. no. Um, so I have a background in learning and development and, and, and that side of stuff. So that's separate to, to, coaching. to coaching. But as a coach, I don't give advice. I don't tell people what to do. I don't fix as such, um, it's what I call pure coaching. So I very much stay in the coach space. And so let's, so say I come to you and I say, okay, Clara, uh, I need a life coach because I find that I just don't really know where I am in my job. Like I'm kind of doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and it all just feels a little bit messy. Can you steer me in a direction? Is that a typical... 
yeah, request I, of a life coach? Yeah, I do tend to get a lot of career-driven stuff. Um, I don't know, is that because of my background in kind of learning and development and training and that sort of space that people seek out of coaches who they think may have expertise in the area? As I said earlier, you don't actually need the expertise Sometimes it can be a hindrance as a coach because the the instinct is to give advice and be like, do you know who you should talk to now? Or, right, okay. But that's not that's not helpful to your client, you know. But like equally, could I come to you and say, okay, I've always wanted to be able to do a chin up, and yeah. I can't do a chin up. <laughs> no, that's, that's not, not me. That's a personal trainer. <laughs> that's a personal trainer. Or you may get a coach who also has expertise in personal training or nutrition or stuff like that. But they're not. They'd have a dual say, qualification okay. or background. So why would someone come to you if they wanted to sail around the world? Like, they might just because they want a coach. So they'll have a coach who coaches them in sailing. Okay. That's, so it may be around the mindset piece or how do I, you know, set myself up for success in terms of the mindset and approaching this goal and looking at what do I need to have in place to be successful? How do I know what success looks like when I get there? So it'd be all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, that's a random example. I've never had that as a client. So if I say I said I want to run for president. Yeah. Can can you help me? Sure. So how would, okay, first session, what do we do? <laughs> so you'd be really, the first session really you're kind of diving a little bit deeper. So someone will usually come with a vague notion of a goal, right? Okay, presidency. Yeah, which is big one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then you'd be looking at, okay, so what, maybe you'd be looking at what's driving you to work on that. Is it linked to your values? Um, so your value, when I talk about values, it's like what's really important to you? What's the non-negotiables? Because sometimes you could get distracted by, oh my God, that's a really exciting goal. I'm going to help someone become the next president of the country. And you could be like, okay, here's, you know, what are we going to do? Who are you going to get to support you? Who's going to back you financially? Who's going And you could get into all of that and I'd have you set up ready to go. But actually we might have completely ignored the fact that you have a child and that you may need support in that sense or that you may need, you know, personal support to be mm -hmm. able to stand up and do speeches in front of thousands of people or whatever it might be. So you need to look at the, it's kind of a holistic thing. You need to look at the whole person um, and everything that's driving them. And it's not about pulling them back or anything, but it's about looking at, you know, yes, let's look at the positive stuff and move you forward, but let's also look at what might get in the way. Okay. And you're also you're kind of preempting or preparing for something that might get in the way right now so that it doesn't knock you when you get there. And when you say values, does that, I, I think I, I, f I follow a lot of people on Instagram who talk about like leaving their jobs because it didn't align with their values mm. or leaving their husband because they didn't align with their values, you know, yeah. or making big changes because they realised that they weren't living in congruence with their values. Yeah. And I'm often a little bit jealous and a little bit cynical of those people because I'm okay. like, how do you know what your values are? You know, like I might say, I often say like, I really value rules. I value yeah. like living within the rules of society. And yet sometimes the rules are stupid. Like sometimes it is stupid to wait for the green man when there is no cars coming, you know? Yeah. So then I'm like, well, is that really a value of mine? Um, the rule thing, it might be driven by a value, right? I don't know. We'd have to dig deeper into that. But it's it might be just a preference, right? And okay. there's a difference. So like some people would say, like, kindness might be a value for someone, right? And if we were trying to figure that out, I'd say, okay, well, 
how would I know if I met you that kindness is a value for you? And people might say, oh, well, I'm really nice to people. I try and help people where I can. And they'd give you evidence to support the fact that, you know, this is ingrained in their life or whatever. But the thing with values is they have to work both ways. So if you do it outwardly, you have to do it inwardly. Mm-hmm. Or not that you have to, you should, I suppose, to be really aligned. So often then I would ask people, and how do you show kindness to yourself? And they're like, whoa, sorry, now we didn't sign up for this at all, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because often we're our own worst enemies and critics and all that kind of stuff. So it's, and sometimes that can be where a conflict is coming from with someone, that they're doing all this stuff outwardly, but actually inwardly they're they're not showing themselves the same kindness or fairness or respect or whatever. It's leading to resentment or something. Yeah, yeah, there's just something that's not sitting right with them. So sometimes knowing your values comes from discomfort. So like if people are struggling to understand, okay, what are my values? I often ask them, okay, what really annoys you? What really, or what gives you that feeling in the pit of your stomach that goes, oh, that's that's not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes it's about just raising your own self-awareness and listening to your your head, your heart, your gut in scenarios or situations when, and then when you feel something, it's going, okay, let's just pause for 30 seconds here and try and figure out what's driving that reaction. Where is that coming from? Um, and is there a list of values? I mean, you can find a list online if you want. Right. Okay. Um, you know, there's there's loads of stuff out there, but there's no rules when it comes to values. Now, some people will say y- you should narrow them down as much as possible. Like I think Brené Brown talks about having two values. Like that's a bit much for me. I know she's wonderful and I'm a, I'm a big fan of hers, but it's... It's just a little too few for you. Yeah, exactly. Because I think, and I think that's, again, if you've been working on your values for 20 years, maybe you can boil it down to two. But if you're just starting out looking at your values, I think that's, that's quite a big What did she say ask. her two are? I can't remember, Where? to be honest, what, they, yeah. what the two were. Um, but it's, you know, I think when I first started looking at values, I was like, oh, everything's value. Oh, I value that, I value that, I value that. Yeah. And then it's like... it's hard to say, like, well, I don't value kindness, <laughs> Do you know? Yeah, yeah, because then you just sound like a horrible person. you sound person. like a horrible person. But I don't know that it'd be the fairness, I think, more than kindness. But anyway. Yeah, but and then sometimes, like, language is really powerful as well. So, like, what you might call fairness, I might call kindness, and that's okay. Like, the output might be the same. Okay. But it doesn't particularly matter. Do you know, it's what's important to you. And how does that... Like why? So we work for a while on working out my values. We realise that it's fairness and integrity. Yeah, just two. Just and, the two. Yeah. Um. Like, how does that help me become president? Do you know what I mean? Like how? Because I've yeah. I've done a lot of therapy, and we talk about mental health a lot. And yeah. I think that there is really nothing worse than an unexamined life. You know, someone who's never stopped to like look at themselves and look inward and see their impact on people and the planet. But there's also a red flag of an over-examined life. You know, like you can look. Yeah. So how does life coaching, the reason I'm intrigued by it is it seems more practical than therapy. You know, like you go and you have a thing that I think a lot of people in therapy might actually benefit from having a coach instead of a therapist. Yeah, and you did ask me earlier actually what was the difference between the two and I do want to touch on that because I think it's important. Um, Coaching deals with the present and the future. Okay. So we're very much rooted in the present and the future and it's about positive change. So positively moving forward. I think for in terms of therapy or counselling or anything in that sort of space, oftentimes you're dealing with the past the present and maybe the future as well. 
there tends to be some element of healing involved in in that space, whereas that's not what's happening in coaching, right? So, so if someone has had like a really traumatic interview before, or yeah. their goal is to leave their husband because they are, or you know, like they're, they're in a toxic friendship or something, is that yeah. something that you can coach? It depends, I think, on 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 the level of t- trauma, say. So if it's trauma, it probably should be in a therapy space, right? And you can deal with that first and then come to me to be like, okay, I'm well. So coaching is for people who are well, okay. right? Um, and then you might say, okay, I've I sorted this part out. Now I want to move forward in new friendships or relationships, but I want to set up some really healthy boundaries and I want support with that. Mm-hmm. Then that's something I could help with. Now, someone, or, a therapist could also help with that. It, you know, there is a lot of overlap. And what about, like I was just thinking there, maybe someone who has was once in a car crash and they want to learn how to drive, but they're having barriers to that. Like, yeah. Maybe then, so it's like the therapist deals with, oh, the car crash was awful and I'm afraid when I put on a seatbelt and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But you'd be like, okay, what do we need to do to get you to pass your driving test? So yeah. what supports do you need? Not like, and tell me how it felt when... Exactly. The, yeah. So feelings show up in coaching for sure because mm-hmm. we're human and we have them. But it's not, we're not going to go down. Look at why, why do you feel like that? So I try not to even use the word why because there's judgment attached to it. Um, but it's... So like, and like I had uh, a call with a client recently who was, you know, I haven't worked with them yet. They were like sussing out coaching and stuff like that. And they asked me, what, you know, how are you with tears? Mm-hmm. They were like, I'm quite an emotional person and, and I may cry. And I was like, yeah, that's absolutely fine. You know, mm-hmm. because feelings show up and that's okay. Um, but I'm not going to look at what's driving that or it's kind of like with the, in coaching, you only look to the past for references of success. So okay. we don't want to get stuck there. And we So tell me about your successful interviews in the past. Let's not go into the ones that went terribly. Yeah, Unless because, you're, yeah. yeah because it's, it, it's not going to support you moving forward. Mm-hmm. You know, you can look back and say, well, actually, previously I didn't prepare enough. And that's okay. Great. Okay, so now we know that preparation is going to be important for you. Mm-hmm. So that it, like it's it's a different kind of perspective on how you look at the past potentially, but really it's about where are we right now and where do we want to be in the future. Just taking a quick break to tell you about our sponsor, Rockwell Financial. Rockwell Wealth Management are proud supporters of women in business. They support this podcast, they support me, and they want to support you too. They have a free consultation for basically listeners. This is the offer. You contact them, you tell them that you listen to the Basically podcast and they will give you a free one-to-one consultation to help you with your wealth management or any financial advice you need. We all know neck and back pain can be so debilitating. The good news is the vast majority of spinal problems can be treated successfully by regaining movement, flexibility and strength. Whether you have an existing condition or a recent injury, Matter Private has centres of excellence for spinal care in Dublin, Cork and Limerick to provide you with comprehensive diagnosis, treatment, surgery and rehabilitation. With daily clinics in five locations, it means you can access the expert spine care that you need without having far to travel, no matter where you live. Making the right move is important. And when you have neck or back pain, you want to be treated by Ireland's leading spine experts. You want a team who can look after everything spinal, from the straightforward to the most complex conditions. For everything spinal, visit matterprivate.ie to find out more. So if the security guard never saw Aoife leave the building, how could Mark have committed the crime? And then there's a letter from the confession box. Anyway, sorry for the rambling voice note. But to answer your question, no. 
If this sounds like you, then Headstuff Podcasts Competition Join the Cast is offering you the chance to record your own podcast series worth €50,000. Simply pitch your idea at jointhecast.ie. T's and C's apply. And if someone has a, like, would you only kind of take clients or do coaches only take clients who have specific goals? Do you know, like, if someone comes to you and is like, I'm just a bit lost and I don't know what to do in my career and... Like, would you spend a lot of time being like, okay, let's set an agenda here? Yeah, so you kind of, you know, like if someone comes with a really clear vision of a goal or an agenda, that you can kind of hit the ground running a little bit quicker. But even the what you just said there, oh, I'm a little bit lost in terms of my career. I don't really know what I want. That's a goal and that's an agenda in itself, right? Let's find out what I want. Yeah, so then say in your first session, you're going to dig a little bit deeper and be like, okay, well... Into what's the opposite of feeling lost or if you don't want to be lost what do you want to be mm-hmm. okay I want some direction or I want some clarity okay describe that to me what does it look like what does it feel like um, have you ever had it before what did it look like what did it feel like and then it's it, you know in terms of the career what does success mean to you in terms of career and and that's going to be different for everyone which is I suppose what makes the work interesting Okay, so some people are like oh it means that I'm earning this much money or yeah. it means that I get to spend this much time with my family or Exactly, okay. which goes back to your values Yes okay. So, and again you'd be checking is this aligned because someone might say to me oh I want to emigrate to Australia and I'm going to work on Bondi Beach as a lifeguard and I'm going to have a whale of a time mm-hmm. and you're like okay great, sure and then you might look at your, their values and figure out that actually family is super important to them and, you know, that that's something that's going to get in their way quite quickly if we just buy them the plane ticket and off they go. Right, you okay. Know? So it's about looking at all of that. Um, and maybe it's a case of, okay, maybe I don't go to Australia, but maybe I go to Canada or somewhere that's that I could get home on one flight if I needed to. Yes. Do you know, so it's still like, and then what happens then is that people are comfortable with their decisions. And that's that's one of the real results that you get, I suppose, from coaching. Or it's something that I've even found personally, having received coaching or or self-coaching sometimes. Tell me about that, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, so previously I would have, before, before coaching and before all of that, I would have found decision-making quite difficult because I tended to second-guess myself. So I'd make the call and then I'd be like, oh, but should I have done that now? Or what if I did this? Or oh, did I make a mistake? And and you'd be kind of thinking back and what ifs and, and all this kind of stuff. Now when I make a decision, I very much look at my values. And and it's the same with saying no. You know, Irish people in particular find it really difficult to say no. Um, but the way I look at that now is if I'm saying no to something, it's because I'm saying yes to something else. And that makes it much more comfortable for me to say no to something. Mm -hmm. And again, it's linked back to the values. So I might say no to going to your birthday party because I'm saying yes to self-care because I really need to look after myself this weekend and take a rest and recharge the batteries or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I'm not just saying no to you and being a bad friend. I'm saying yes to myself because I need this. And is that because you value self-care? Or you know it's important to you. Yeah. So you value I, yourself. Yeah. And that again, that's just an example. But it's, yeah, sometimes I think I would have valued, you know, loyalty would be a big, big value for me and, and friendships in terms of loyalty and, and being there for people. But oftentimes I was giving too much energy away and not keeping enough back for myself mm-hmm. to, to look after myself and make sure that I was well in those situations. So... 
now I'm better able to kind of navigate that and be able to have enough energy to to fulfill whatever I need to do as well as be a good friend. So I think, you know, learning how to say no in a positive way. And so what does that, because I think a lot of people value loyalty, Mm. but do it sometimes at the sacrifice of themselves. But they feel like, well, if loyalty is one of my big values, then I have to go to the birthday party and I have to be there for you when I need you. But how are you then being loyal to yourself? Okay. So again, the values work both ways. And that's the piece that most people are missing. We do it all outwardly and we do very little inwardly. Okay. And so then when you make, so if you're making a decision, so say you're offered a job mm. or you, you think, I'm not really happy in my job. I want to kind of change career, but I'm not sure if it's going to work. And will I make the right decision? If yeah. you make the decision based on your values, it's going to be less distressing if it doesn't work out. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know that at that time you made the decision for the right reasons and that it's linked to stuff that that's really important to you. So like that's a scenario that I went through, right? So I was in Dublin working, living and kind of wasn't sure where I was going in my career. I was starting to train as a coach on the side and I, I just, I knew there was something wasn't quite right and, and I just didn't know where I was going next. So I was like, once I finish this course and I have my qualification as a coach, and, you know, what do I do with mm-hmm. that? Um, and do I want to stay in Dublin? Do I want to go back to Cork and all of this stuff? So an opportunity came up to go back to a company that I'd previously worked for, right? Which is kind of a tricky one because in my head I was like, is that going backwards? Like I'm going back to a company I worked in before. Um, I'm like, do I want to go back and see all those same faces who stayed there when I left? And and some of those faces would be gone. You know, some of the people I was really close to in that company. And it was just a bit of a, I, I kind of was struggling to navigate that decision. And then there was the decision of if I leave Dublin now, I'll probably never come back, right? Was in my head. Now, I don't know why I was putting such a, a deadline on mm-hmm. something. What's to say I wouldn't come back, you know? But it was like, if I go back now... Am I going to miss out on an opportunity here or have I given Dublin enough of a chance or, you know, so I worked on that with a coach and it really boiled down to the values. And actually, you know, stuff had happened in my personal life that year as well that was creating some, um, you know, an added layer of complexity, I suppose. And it was previously your values change as well, right, over time. And while I love my family, don't get me wrong, but family wasn't something that was driving my decisions in my early 20s, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but because of, of things that had happened in my family, then it became really important to me almost overnight. And I didn't realise that until I went to coaching and, and worked through this with a with a professional coach. And I was like, OK, hold on a second, actually that's way more important to me now than any of the rest of it. And being in Cork became super important to me. So whether, and the job piece, it it was in an area that I love, which is training and learning and development. And I was like, okay, so it's getting me back to Cork, which is now super important to me. It's getting me back closer to a role that I I really want to be in longer term. Um, It may not be in the exact perfect setting that I want, but actually, the other things are far more important to me. Okay, so good and enough. Yeah, and even when I did, I made the decision, went back to Quark, went back to that company. And, you know, the first couple of weeks, things weren't going to plan. 
And it was like, oh my God, what have I done? But that was a split second thought. And then I was like, actually, I know what I've done. I'm here for a reason. This is what I want to do. And I don't have to stay in this role particularly forever. But it's gotten me back to Cork. It's gotten me back to what I love, close to my family, whatever. And then, you know, within a year, I actually took a role in a different company. Um, and I'm there three years and I'm really happy in 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 the role I'm in right now. So had I not made that decision back then, who knows where I'd be now? But even in the tough times, I was able to say, actually... I know I've done this. Yeah. Whereas previously, I might have got bogged down in that and this be is consumed by, yes. I should have stayed in Dublin, I should have done this, I should have done that, I should have... So should is another word that I try and take out of the vocabulary. Okay. Again, it doesn't doesn't help anyone, does it? Mm-hmm. Not really. Mm. So it's just a little bit judgmental of ourselves. Yeah. Um, how, how how many sessions would would people be is typical for for people to kind of get their results? Yeah, so it depends like and every coach is different, right? I kind of recommend to people to do at least four sessions, right? So generally I'd ask people to commit to four one hour sessions. Um now they can be spread out kind of again depends on what you're working on. So some people might do them over four weeks, some people might do them over eight weeks or or whatever. I'd kind of oftentimes, you know, like the first session and the second session could come quite quickly together because you're kind of just getting into it and you're kind of figuring out where you're going and a little bit more clarity and stuff like that. After session two, you might have a bit more to work on or you might want to go away and research something or reach out to someone in your network or whatever it might be. Depending. So say if we're working on my presidential campaign. <laughs> yeah. We do the first session, we work out why I want to be president, what are the complications that might be necessary or that might be kind of coming up. We deal with those and then you might say, okay, like you need to go and you need to get a financial backer, you need to get a campaign manager. You know, well, we work- you'll say that, I won't say that. No, 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 but like <laughs> yeah. we'll work out together in the second yeah. session, what are the supports you need? Yes. And I'll say, oh, I probably need someone to run my social media and I probably yeah. need someone. And you're like, okay, that the campaign manager. So yeah. then between the second session, like there could be months there where I'm like trying to hustle and find a campaign manager and yeah. trying to, and then I'd come back to you, is it? Yeah, potentially. So again, it kind of depends on like what you're working on. So yeah, that would take a good chunk of time. You might want to go away and then come back to me once that's done and be like, okay, this is all done. Here's where I've landed. Here's what's happened in the last couple of weeks or months. And now I want to move on to the next step, which might be you know, your own mindset going into this or how you protect yourself in terms of your energy or it might be work-life balance or it could mm-hmm. be, you know, what values do I want to lean into in terms of this campaign or or whatever, right? Um, so yeah, it can, like I would work quite flexibly with people in terms of timelines. I'd like, because that's a very specific type of scenario, <laughs> right? Um, you mean you haven't dealt with a client? Who no, wants? I haven't. No, Michael D <laughs> didn't give me a ring. No. Um, but it's normally I wouldn't let it go too much of a gap between sessions just because sometimes I feel you could lose momentum, you okay. know, and it could be like you're almost starting again, which isn't hugely beneficial for the client. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people will try and push it out because maybe they're gone off track a little bit or they they didn't do the work and they're kind of just, you know, putting stuff on the long finger. And that's also kind of my job is to bring you back to your your goal and bring you back to what you wanted to achieve. I have to keep you honest and keep you accountable as well in a way. Mm-hmm. So it's very much a partnership between coach and client. And what does success look like? Like what is a successful client where you're like a client finishes with you and you're like, no, that's 
that that went well. Like what does success look like in the life for a client? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a tough one, right? Because we don't get feedback. We don't ask for feedback either. Well, I certainly don't. Maybe others do. Because it's not about me. It's about you as the client. Okay. Um, so I would do my own reflection after each session to be like, okay, what worked well? What didn't work so well? Or what might I change moving forward? That kind of thing. And it's very much a reflection on me as opposed to on This is the just client. you writing for yourself. Yeah, yeah. And it's about me and my process and maybe the questions I asked. So I don't take notes in in the session to protect the client's information. Um, and that's just the way I was trained and, and, and that's the way I still operate. But it's it's a reflection for me to make sure that I'm staying in coach role, that I'm doing the best for my client. Because with every client, you learn something new with every session even. Um, so really, I suppose what success looks like for me at the end of, say, a four session block is that somebody got something out of it. That mightn't always be what they set out to get, um, because often that can change as you go through things. Um, and that it could be as simple as a new perspective on something, but that could be really powerful for somebody. Or it could be clarity on their values, which again could be really useful for people. But is that, is the client satisfied with that? Or you don't know because they don't tell you? Well, they might, some, some of them will tell you whether you want to hear it or not, they'll yes. tell you. Um but it's really, again, it goes back to what, what the client came to coaching for. Okay. And if they get that at the end, that's success. But if they come looking for, to be the president, or they come looking for a job, or they come looking to sail around the world, yeah, is, is it the achievement of that action that means success? Not necessarily. No. So, like, sometimes that's actually just a byproduct, or, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's an aside almost. So... Oftentimes people will come to me and say, I want um, I want to get promoted at work or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, and then when you dig a little bit deeper, the thing that's getting in their way is people don't perceive them as a leader, right? Or they've gotten that feedback before or whatever. And then when you dig a little bit deeper again, it's it could be something like their voice isn't heard in a meeting, right? Or, you know, people talk over them or, or whatever it might be. So actually, that's the thing we end up working on is having my voice heard, right? Okay. So while they might have came in for promotion and they won't get the promotion by the end of the four sessions um, or six sessions or however many, but they will have made significant progress potentially in, in the having the voice heard piece, which ultimately has a knock-on impact on how people perceive them in the workplace, coming across more confident, having more confidence um, and belief in themselves. And, and all of that ultimately leads to people seeing you as, as the best leader. version of yourself, as a leader, which ultimately could then lead to, lead to the promotion. And do you, like, give people homework? Like, how, how would you help someone who wants to be, you know, if someone says, well, people toss, talk over me in meetings all the time. Yeah. Like, what do you do in that situation? I think, it again, it depends person to person, but you're saying, okay, so what do you want? So again, it's always kind of flipping it. So if this is the thing we want to stop doing, what's the thing we want to start doing? Well, we what want does... to be able to speak with people not speaking over us. Okay, so you want to, or yeah, you want to be able to speak in meetings confidently or whatever it might mm -hmm. be, right? And you'd be very conscious to use the client's language there as well, so you're not putting your own kind of stamp on it, right? But it's... Okay, so what does that look like? What does that feel like? Again, it's and it's all going back to the client because my definition of being heard in a meeting might be quite different to yours, right? Um, you know, it's it's looking at what does the person want really in that scenario? Um, and again, it might be looking at, 
you know, have you observed other people's voices being heard? What's at play in that scenario? Do you, you know, do you, maybe it's about having allies in the room who can support you. Um, it could be self-limiting beliefs getting in the way, so you might want to dig into that. You know, people mightn't think they're worthy of being heard, for example. Mm-hmm. So that might be something you need to look into, or it, it could be the values. You know, have you got something valid to say? Okay, great. So, you know, it, it can go multiple directions, even with that just same scenario with different people. And do you then say like, okay, so for... The next between the next time I see you, I want you to like make a contribution to a meeting, or like, do you get homework? Yeah, well, no, I don't like to call it homework, and I certainly wouldn't set the homework either. So okay. I might say to the client, okay, so what action would be really meaningful for you to take um, as a next step, right? Okay, and they might say, okay, by the next time I see you, I actually have a meeting next week, for example, big meeting. Um, if I have something valuable to add, I'm going to contribute and and see how that goes. And I'm going to ask my colleague to support me and maybe, you know, back me up in my point if they agree or whatever it might be. Okay. Um, So again, it would be the client kind of driving that action. And then I'll say, okay, great. I'll ask you about that the next time. Okay. So then it's that accountability piece as well. So there's lots of research that says if you write down a goal, there's a higher chance of it happening. There's more research that says if you have an accountability partner in that goal, you know, your success rate increases significantly. So your coach is your accountability partner who's going to ask you to, okay, how did that go? You said you were going to do this. Tell me about it. Okay. And then if it all goes to pot, we (laughs) look at like why that happened. Yeah. How do we need... Or it's like, well, what went well? So what did work for you? Okay, so like say going back to the the interview example, just because it's an easy one that everyone can kind of relate to, but it's if if it went to pot and they're coming up being like nothing I said I was going to do, I didn't do any of it, it was awful, I nearly started crying, whatever, and you're then you're kind of going okay, what did go well? Like try and find something. Something had to have went well. It may have been the handshake at the beginning or the smile over the Zoom or whatever it is, right? Find what went well. Okay, great. So we want to keep that stuff. Now, what would you do differently? What and it's and it's not then about beating yourself up. It's about okay, here was this really specific action that I took. It didn't work. Okay, great. It's great that we know that. What would you do differently in future? Mm-hmm. And then you're bringing people back into the positive action piece because we don't want to get stuck in the oh, I was awful. I did this. I did that. Yes. Okay. You know. Um. What are the most common things that people come to life coaching for? I, I tend to get a lot of the, the career stuff. So either I'm stuck in my career, I don't really know what I want or I'm not happy in my job type thing. Um, and, and then I get people who are like, I, I'm happy in my job, but I want to go further, but I don't really know what that looks like. Or like I have more potential in me and I want to kind of, um, you know, fulfill that or whatever. So I think some people think coaching is always about there's something wrong or there's something negative. Mm-hmm. It's not. It might be I'm at the top of my game, but I want to keep going. Um, it could be stuff like work-life balance is, is kind of a big one. Um, people returning to work maybe after maternity leave or, or, or taking some time, a career break or, you know, for to care for family members or stuff like that. So getting back into the workplace um, and navigating that now. So if you've been out of it for a while, where do I even begin now? And, and what do I even want, you know? Mm-hmm. Um And then I get stuff, you know, people might come to me with, it might be something related to job slash career, but actually 
when you dig into it yeah it, and it comes back to the same stuff all the time it's maybe confidence or or something similar to that it's the, the self-limiting beliefs the values being misaligned um, not honouring those values internally and you know being our own worst critics and, and kind of getting out of our own way mm-hmm. um, so I think um, you know and, and it's not it's you, people can come to coaching for, for all sorts of things it's about anything where you want to make a positive change to move forward It sounds like you need a, a kind of a high level of self-awareness if you don't have that can the coach help you to see like, like yeah. if, you, if, if you say you know like what are your blind spots here or what and they're like I don't have any or yeah, what yeah, are your yeah. values I don't know what those are like can those be helped or is it like very much led by the person? No, so the, like the coach would definitely play a role there. I had a woman once tell me that they don't have any inner voice, like no self-talk at all, good, bad or indifferent. And I was like, sorry. <laughs> um, and that was, it wasn't in a coaching situation. It was it was in a, a classroom situation. Um, and I was like, how do you mean you can't hear? You know, but that like, again, it's a self-awareness piece, right? But did she actually... I mean, the voice was there, whether she was paying attention to it or not okay. is, is a different story. So it was about really kind of raising your awareness and listening um, and heightening that skill, I suppose. Um, but yeah, a coach can definitely hold up a mirror and kind of say, OK, what I'm hearing is and mm-hmm. you kind of reflect back because sometimes people will say stuff and they don't even realise what they're saying. And then you say it back to them and they're like, well, oh, that's not I, what I meant. At that's all. not what I meant or you know, that wasn't the impact I meant it to have or, you know, did I really speak that terribly about myself out loud to a stranger? <laughs> you know, this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, very much holding that up. And sometimes you, as the coach, can help to identify a value. So if if you're telling me about something in your life or a situation and I might say to you, it sounds like there's a value being triggered there okay. or there's a value at play there. I'm kind of mindful of the word trigger because it some, it has quite negative connotations. But activated, so, yeah. There's a value being activated there, um, and I might ask you to maybe have a think about what that might be. Mm-hmm. So then you're going, okay, well, I was really annoyed because I saw somebody being mean to somebody else, mm-hmm. and I thought they were being treated unfairly. Okay, so if you were put to put a name on that value, what might it be? And it might be fairness, it might be respect, it might be whatever. Um, so yeah, you can help people to identify them in a kind of a roundabout way as well. And do you see people in person or do do people see people in person or is it usually a remote thing? Yeah, so pre-COVID, it would have been 50-50, I suppose, or, um, you know, I, I initially really preferred the in-person. And then when COVID hit, everyone had to be online. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that I, you know, I'm... I'm based in Cork and, you know, clients come from all over the country. So it depends. Mm-hmm. So I work primarily online now. Um, and I think because people are so used to the online situation now, it doesn't really matter anymore whether it's in person or not. Um, Particularly because that sort of emotional piece isn't, you know, it's it's not the focus. I think sometimes therapy online, yeah. you, you kind of need to be a little bit more contained or something. Yeah, and I would say to people like, you know, if you're if you're going for coaching, 
and you're doing it from home remotely, make sure you have a private space mm-hmm. where you can close the door and really engage in the session and not worry about Johnny or Mary outside the door with an ear up, you know, or a glass yes, in the yeah. door. You know, you still do need privacy because you are going to be vulnerable. Um resistance and challenge does show up there you know some people will ha- will shed a tear or you know might quite get quite animated or you might want to talk about the family you know the people yes, around yeah, you that yeah, are yeah. maybe causing some of the challenges or or whatever it might be so you do still need that I think that private space to be able to give it a hundred percent and and really kind of open up and um be vulnerable potentially Fascinating stuff. If people want to hear more from you, if people want to work with you or listen to you, where can they find you? So uh, primarily people can just drop me an email, um, coachingwithclara.gmail.com. But there's loads of brilliant coaches out there. They can look to the ICF. There's there's a lot of Irish coaches on there as well um, and other bodies. And, you know, I would just say to everyone, give it a go. Um, reach out and find a coach that works for you. So again, it's it's kind of like therapy in that sense. If it's someone you're not kind of clicking with, move on, go to somebody else mm-hmm. um, because you do need that kind of chemistry between coach and client for it to be a success. And they're not going to take it personally. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much for joining me in studio today and thank you for listening to another episode of Basically. Our music is by Only Ruin. Our graphic design is by Kahlo Gar. We're produced by Hilary Barry and we're part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. See you next week. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.